0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Psychotherapy, and I am Jet Dunlap, and you are listening to the show that I just said it was. This episode took a lot of effort, but I'm not going to bore you with telling you the stories that you'll hear 11 times in this show. I said 11 because it actually took me 11 times to do this episode, so I already gave it away. I'm sorry. I had to move multiple locations because of noise in my original studio. Episode 44-0, and I'm not going to tell you my age, but it's the same as this episode. But I'll never tell you. This one was one of those where I had to do a ton of bad ones to get to one worth listening, and this one's worth listening to. I don't want to have any further ado, because I'm all full on ado. So with that... Welcome to Psychotherapy. I am your docent, Jet Dunlap. Thanks for listening, and here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready for raw and real? Are you ready for how I feel? That wasn't supposed to rhyme, but here it is. This is what it's like to be me, and this is what I think it's like to be human, if we're really honest. I want to die right now. I also want to live forever. I am so fat and out of shape. I've never looked so good in my life. I am a poor loser who will never have anything. I am doing great and am headed for tremendous success. I don't like any of my friends. I have the best friends in the world. My past was worthless and means nothing. My past is the most important thing in the world and it has made me who I am today and that is great. That is what it is like to be human. And that is really annoying. It doesn't matter how many versions of this episode I've done before this one. It really doesn't. But let's say it was 11. The reason I keep redoing it is because I cannot do this show when it feels unauthentic. But it's really hard for me to figure out authenticity because I have such contradicting feelings. And then I think... Well, I can't say that on my show, because if I say that, that will alienate all these normal people who will go, oh, Jet, those feelings are so you, and they're not me, and I don't feel that way. I'm not topsy-turvy, but you are, because you have the same stuff I do. And then I think, is this too preachy? Is this too personal development-y? Because, you know, my wife doesn't like that very much. And then I go, is this funny enough? Because this person thinks it's funny, and that's what they want, or... Is it not personal development enough? Because some people want more of that. And so I'm sitting here with 20 different minds, just like all of us. Because even though I know we can't be all things to all people all of the time, I end up going back to that. Even me. Even a guy who has a show about not falling into traps exactly like that. I was convinced last night. That I have never been in a better position in my entire life. That's how I felt last night. Here it is, Jet. All the ducks are in a row. Everything you were till this point was leading up to this moment. It's eight mile. And Eminem is backstage. You only get one opportunity, one chance. And something, something. I, I can't rap. You know, I might be excited, but I can't rap. So don't look for that in me. B-Rabbit knew how to rap. I don't know how to rap. If you haven't watched State Mile, you won't understand any of these references. But here's the point. Yesterday, I could have walked on water. I could have glowed in the dark. I was 10 feet tall, and I could rip anything to shreds. Any obstacles that came in my way, they wouldn't be obstacles anymore. They'd be confetti. Today, I'm a little bunny rabbit. Or I'm the confetti that the guy from yesterday would have ripped apart. How do we deal with that? right? If we were always miserable, then you can take that. I'm always miserable. I'll take this pill that doesn't make me miserable, or I'll do these things that make me less miserable, and then you have a foothold. But what do you do when you're sometimes miserable and sometimes you feel great? That's tough. It's the lack of consistency that I still have huge issues with, right? I know how to exercise it in the sense that I'm able to talk about it. I'm able to articulate it. And even though for the last two hours I've been sitting around, more than that, recording horrible versions of this show. Versions of this show that could only do harm to the people who listened to it. <laughs> Not intentionally, but that's what it was. And until I started texting my wife how mad I was at planet Earth, it wasn't until then that I realized what I was going through. And that is that I'm trying to find... A solution for today's problems using yesterday's remedies. And I am not the person I was last night. And I think that whether you're depressed, whether you have any of these chemical imbalances, I think all of us are like this. When we are hungry, when we are tired, when we had a bad day, whatever alters your mood, you completely forget how to deal with said mood. And you'll think, oh, I'll deal with it like I dealt with yesterday's mood. Or two years ago's mood and you can't because the tools that work for then don't work for them now i was going to use a tool analogy but i don't think anyone wants to hear about a tool analogy with metric and standard that's not that's not your audience jet so i won't use that but my point is i actually got to the bottom of something by having to go to the bottom of something which was the bottom of my mood just feeling and i'm thinking about bottoms right now i'm sorry I'm, I'm a sophomore child. My mood was so low, and then I thought it couldn't get any lower. I've recorded this two days ago, one day ago. I keep trying to record this episode, and I keep failing. And then today, I said, you're going to get it done because it's Sunday, and you have to get it done, and that's what you do, you dummy dum-dum-dum-dum. And that's a great attitude to go into when you're trying to do a show that helps people. So then I force myself. I put a metaphorical gun to my head and say, you're going to do it. And I try it. And then I try and get happy, and then I try all the things that I use to alter my mood. And all I end up doing is getting the same. And the worst part is it doesn't happen at the very beginning. It happens like 15 minutes into the episode, and I realize, this is terrible. Why am I doing this? Sure, it's hard to be creative on demand. But it's also very easy not to do anything. So my solution could be, and a lot of people would say, well, just don't do it right now. But I've got news for you. Not doing it right now is how you blink your eyes and you've never done it in your entire life, whatever that is for you. So I have enough discipline to say, OK, well, it's going to suck. I'm going to hurt. I'm not going to like it. It's going to feel like torture, but I got to do something. It wasn't until I wrote to my wife <laughs> after a long rant, I wrote, do you know what it's like to be a tortured arf- arfist? Arfist." Arfist. Do you know what it's like to be a tortured arfist? Which is obviously a small gopher that arfs. This thing is adorable. But more importantly, do you know what it's like to be a tortured artist? It's torture. And it was once I sent that, I go, Oh, okay, that's why. That's why. Because for whatever reason, on this testing ground, this facility, this boot camp called Earth, if you really want to do something, it can't be easy. Because growth only comes through difficulty. And, you know, uh, when I get upstairs or wherever it is, I'm going to talk to the, the big guy there. He could be little. I don't know. He might be a woman. He might be a butterfly with a horse's head. But whatever it is, I'm going to say, hey, you know that whole situation about everything on earth being worth anything, being difficult? That's kind of lame. And then, you know what he's going to say to me? I know it already. He, not he, uh, the horse butterfly guy, woman, is going to say, you set it up that way. And then I'm going to go, oh You're right, I did set it up that way. Because if you had to exercise the problems of your soul, if you had to exercise the problems of you as a human, and you had to face your demons, your demons couldn't be friendly. I mean, they're demons. How could they be friendly? If they were friendly, they'd be angels. And no one's afraid of facing their angels. So this has to be ice skating uphill, as Wesley Snipes said in one of the Blade movies. Or it was Passenger 57 another Wesley Snipes film. Sure, he had some tax problems that I'm thinking about right now, but that's not the point. Or is it? It's that everything on this little blue marble, because I don't want to say Earth again, is tough before it's great. And then it's tough again. It's like the seasons. And if I knew what the seasons were in the order they were in, I would have an elegant way of saying that. Like, after winter comes fall. Yes. That is, wait, fall. Yes. No. No! See, I don't know the seasons. That's why I can't use that elegant analogy. But you know the seasons. There's good stuff and bad stuff that I can handle. The point is that I had to go through all of this malarkey to get to a place where I could actually speak rawly to you about what's really going on in my head. I had to spout massive volcanic eruptions of bull to actually be able to say something with substance. And why is that? I can't think about that. I can't obsess over the whys or the what ifs because I just don't get answers for that. And does my little monkey brain go, ah, ah, I want answers. It does exactly that. And it sounds exactly like that. But I don't get answers. You don't want to know why I don't get the answers? Because I don't know why. But I do know, with great effort, eventually comes great results. If the effort is in the right place, at the right time. Oh my god, there's a lot of prerequisites to this. But I know that in almost all cases, effort plus something equals achievement. And the problem with that is it doesn't come in direct proportion, right? So the amount of effort does not produce its kind in reward all the time. And then sometimes you'll get a big reward for no effort, and you're surprised. So because I didn't set this whole thing up, I can't speak to it with 100% accuracy. But my brain wants to be able to do that. My brain loves the idea of saying, oh, Jet, you have all the answers. You reign supreme. Everyone should listen to you. And then the next day I'm like, no one should listen to me. I don't reign anything. I don't even know what reign supreme means. It sounds like a burrito offered at Taco Bell, but that's a burrito supreme and not the same thing. And why do I start thinking about burrito supremes? Because I'm a cuckoo bird. And that's the brain I was given. And that's where I need to start. And then I think, well, that's unfair. And I think about how unfair that is and years go by and that thinking about how unfair it is does not get me a burrito supreme. Why do we obsess over the things we cannot change? If you can answer that... You, my friend, have a million dollar idea. Wouldn't that be nice if that was true? That would be an elegant thing to say if this was a personal development thing, right? And Then you have a million dollars because you have answers. No, because even if you knew the answers to all of Life's Mysteries, for some reason, the way it's set up, you wouldn't be able to get out there and get it to anyone because uh, uh, a Kardashian's in the way. Man, the amount of frustration I've had over doing this episode... And what is this? This is a self-imposed thing. But I feel it in a place where instinct. The same reason that gosses or gooses and Ryan Gosling fly south for the winter. I've seen him do it. They do it because of instinct. The reason schools of fish go in a certain direction. The reason whales migrate. This instinct. I have an instinct or a feeling or a calling or a whatever you like to say. Or think, I've said before, I do care, but it doesn't matter. May the God of your choosing bless you. I really believe that. It's actually better for me to keep my beliefs to myself because I don't want that to influence the way you feel about this show or yourself. So, whatever it is that tells me I need to do a thing, I need to do it. And I can't look away from it because I've trained myself to do the things that I feel compelled to do. Just like the Ryan Goslings that go south for the winter. But the problem with me, unlike Ryan Gosling, is that I still question it. I'm sure the gooses do that too i'm sure they're accidentally flying east west or something that's impossible jet north and one of the gooses is probably like goose 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 and that translated means hey goose they're all named goose he says to one of the gooses or she we're going the wrong way and then they question themselves but somehow they still get south so we don't get the barometer right so we have this instinct we have this feeling we have this desire And we go through with it, but then we question it. I know this is not just for, you know, little uh, Lord Fauntleroys like myself who have no children and have a lot of playtime and have a lot of time to question things because they're not taking care of kids. But I also know we must move forward. And and how many times do I say that? This is the thing about this show that you're going to understand if you've been listening to it from the beginning, is that this is repetitious and that that might not be the right word usage. You'll also know this about the show. But just because it's repetitive doesn't mean that it's wrong. Wouldn't you think that if I was a computer that you could just program in, don't let him do this again, you know, just put in the key code, some programmer could do this, and then it won't do that again. Humans aren't that way. We run into the same walls over and over again. Even the days where we're like, well, I've conquered that. Never have to worry about that again. And then you hit it again. And then you hit it again. And the funny thing is, because I thought, oh, I must be cured of this problem, I start acting a different way. I don't stay in the same headspace. What I must do every day is go, here are the things you need to stay focused on every single day, because you're going to run into these issues every single day. Because you are this guy, and this is the way it's been forever. And if you're not a guy, you're a gal. And if you're not a gal, you're a goose. And those are the only three options. But no matter what you are, we need to keep looking at the same things we run into. And some of them are universal. Some of them are just being human. It doesn't matter your skin color, your gender, whatever. They're just human things, right? We're always crankier when we're tired or hungry. And you're going to think, well, I'm not. What is he saying? I hate him. He's an idiot. You're cranky because you're hungry. So there, I just proved it to you. You're wrong. I'm right. But knowing that it won't be easy is also a way to make it a little easier. It's so funny because, you know, after you figure out the thing, after you have that eureka moment, it all falls into place. And then it's just like, how was I dumb enough to fall into that trap again? How did I do that? I am smarter than this. And I guess that's where the problem is, is that I blame myself for falling in the same trap again. Instead of saying what I know is true, and that is this, monkey man jet. Is going to keep stepping on the rake and hitting himself in the face forever. And I have to just say, hey, monkey man, that's okay. That's just how it is. What do I love saying? I didn't set up the setup. I didn't create me. I'm just going to keep running into that thing, and I have to be able to laugh at it. And I have to be able to say, Jet, you're going to do this again. Even when you feel better, you're going to do it again. And when you do it again, you have to be okay. You have to say, that's fine, Jet. If your name is not Jet, you still have to say it's Vine Jet, because all of us have a little Jet in them. I will testify in court to say that's not true. You're not pregnant with a little Jet. That joke sounded funnier in my head. So I just stepped on another rake. (laughs) I was standing up for the entire first half of this episode because I was storming around my house with fury because I was so frustrated. I am just the knob-turned-up-to-ten version of you. You have, I guess, a little jet in you. In your head, there is a little man like jet, or woman. I'm not a woman, but whatever. I can be a woman in your head. That's fine. There's a little woman jet in your head screaming at the top of her lungs when she gets mad, and you are just usually better at silencing her than I am. But I am actually that thing. I am that little devil and angel on your shoulder. Both female. Got you again. Nice try. I'm not sexist. I am just the personification of what we all feel. And that's because I lean into that emotion to be an example. And why is that? I don't know. Some people are just made to be better examples. Is it tough to be this? Sure. But is it also cathartic to be this? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. A lot of you have unexpressed thoughts. A lot of you have unexpressed feelings. Some of you, including my wife, my father, my mom, my brother, but so many of you folks, including the people I named, have things you've wanted to say forever and can't. And I would rather have what I have, which is this crazy live wire of insanity, And be able to express everything I feel so it's not congested inside of me Then the alternative. And maybe there's a lesson for you in that. But most of you just sit on it. And I'm just here to show you the amplification of that. That's not the only thing I'm here for, but it's one of them. If you laugh at the things you hear me say, good. If you think about the things I say and go, wow, that makes sense, Good. And I don't expect any of them to be something that you experience to the level I do. And if you do, oh my God. It's almost like I have to let the collective mind of all of you seep into my consciousness before I can really start doing anything on this show. I texted my wife. I wish I had my phone near me, but if I had it near me, the microphone would do that. The noise they used to do in the car. Remember when the old cell phones would be near the speaker and go, da So I can't do that. You wouldn't want to hear that noise. But if I had my phone in my hand, I could read to you what I said to her. But it was something to the effect of, I'm never going to be funny. I have nothing to say. I'm done with this. The show's over. wa wah, wah I didn't get a pony. I'm going to hold my breath. Yeah, we have that in us. We all have the little girl who wants a pony. Some of us just have it more than others, and I have it most. It's all self-imposed. I didn't have to do this right now, but I did. (laughs) I really believe that. I have such compulsion that I'm like, I had to do it. And it turns out with this episode, I did have to do it. But it's like when I went up on stage in comedy, or it's like when I ran my first marathon. Morathon is a marathon that's more of a marathon. I'm inventing it, patent pending. My first marathon, or when I did my first improv, or when I asked Gina out, or any of the myriad of difficult things that I have done that you can relate to, all of them right before I had tremendous doubt. I had more reasons why not to than why to. And that is universal. I was talking to my close friend Chris last night, who you've heard about a million times, and uh, I was talking to him last night about how he has always wanted to be this screenwriter. Now, he is a screenwriter, but he doesn't have a career as a screenwriter. And I think I was giving him a little bit of a hard time I'm lying. I was giving him a very hard time. Let's take the gloves off. Wouldn't be easy for me to type with gloves, so they're off. They're gone. Buy gloves. I glove you. I was giving him a hard time about not being a professional screenwriter or not being a professional writer because enough times in his life he didn't do the thing to get to where he's supposed to be. Now, is circumstances coming the way? Absolutely. Has he had the same situations as me? Very much so. When the Plinko game of Fate moved, He didn't always luck out. But should he keep trying? Absolutely. Why? Because it's what he wants to do with his life. I didn't ask permission to share his story. And that's okay. Because I care. But I'm still going to do it. (laughs) Because it serves as an example for all the other people who have that in them. Or trying to do that thing. Or trying to be that thing. Or trying to get to that thing. Whatever it is. And sometimes our story of failure mostly in my case, furnishes something inside of someone to give them the energy and the courage to go on in a way that they wouldn't have without it. Look into Sylvester Stallone's story about how he did the first Rocky. I'm not prepared for this because, as usual, I didn't know what road I was going to go down. But he had to sell his dog, his best friend, to get that film made and he ended up buying his dog back for a horribly inflated price. But if you read that story, and I do recommend you do it, what he had to give up to be able to tell the story that was in him, this guy who had no exceptional intelligence, wasn't from a privileged family, but he had this story and he did everything and anything to get it out. When I put myself up against those people, I realize that I'm actually not trying as hard as I could. When I get most miserable, it's because I think I've done absolutely everything I possibly could to get to where I want to get, and I didn't get there, and that's a pity party. It's a pity party where I didn't get a pony. A pity party with no pony is no fun. Guys and guyettes, I finally got here. I finally had something to say that I felt was worthy of feasting it on your ears. But man... This was just a micro example of every macro thing that's ever happened in my life, which is for whatever reason, and I hope it's just to be an example to others and not just because I'm (laughs) some minor God's pet project in the sense that he likes to take the magnifying glass to the ant farm that is Jet Dunlap and go, hee, I'll burn the jet's wings off. You know, of course, that's ego thinking I'm special enough to have a minor God that goes after me. But. I do believe that it's supposed to furnish as an example for people to be an example for you in a over dramatized way because it has to be over dramatized. I have to be larger in life, right? Because a movie or a song or a play or anything is not interesting if it doesn't have grandeur. So the things that I feel have to be acute because if they weren't acute, they wouldn't serve as examples. And while I'm saying all this, it should be something that you understand because then it can relate to you, but it also relates to me and the fact that I have to go, okay, Jet, would you take the sacrifice? Would you take the pain? Would you take the struggle you had up until this point in your life? And I'm not going to say my age because I want to go at one episode without doing that. I'm 40. I didn't do it. Would you accept that and do it all over again? Of course I wouldn't do it all over again. That's a horrible idea. Oh my God, that is the highest or lowest level of hell, whichever one is the worst. But... Am I sad that I went through it? Yes, I am. Jet, get to the point. This is not the point you're trying to make. Was it worth it? Yes. If it serves as an example, if it paves a road for you that will be less painful than the one I had to travel or the one that other people had to travel that I use in my narrative as an example, if it makes it easier on you, then it's worth it. Then I'll take some of the bullets. I've done it before. I'll do it again. I'll jump in front of that uh, fate bullet machine. Not too often, not too much. I'm getting a little more sensitive for those of you minor gods listening to me. But I will continue to be able to share this with you so that you understand the smaller versions. Or maybe you even have larger versions, I shouldn't guess. Maybe you're like, oh yeah, that thing saying is like a worthless version of what I'm going through. But I still get his point for some reason. It feels like what he's saying is pretty universal. I speak in that way sometimes, and I slip into it, and maybe it needs a little explanation. I have my ear to the pavement, and I am giving you a lot of the feedback I get on this show. But I'm also giving you just what I know intuitively, like Ryan Gosling when he flies south for the winter. I just know instinct-wise that it resonates. And I know it's getting to the right people. But was today getting to the right people easy? No, it was like pulling teeth. Sometimes I sit in front of the microphone and everything I need to say is immediately accessible in that moment. And then I just go to the microphone next time and I'm like, "Huh," (laughs) I go, hello, everyone. My name is Jed. What was I saying? And the problem is I don't get to pick and choose those moments. I want to because of my big uh, ego and my big uh, brain. But I don't get it. Even though I want it, I don't get it. I have to be okay with the way it is. I have to what? Surrender. And we know that. In order to move forward, I must surrender to what it is because to surrender to what it is, it is to surrender to the moment. And to surrender the moment is the only way we can do it because we don't have anything else other than the moment. I didn't set it up, but that's the way it is. <sighs> this has been cathartic. Thank you. I got off the computer so many times. And I was so frustrated, and there was no way I saw this coming. Isn't that, again, another little just twist of the knife in being human? I I really do believe that at the end we'll figure out why this was, and we'll go, oh, we set it up that way. That was intentional. We wanted it to be difficult. Because if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth doing, right? Because nothing worth doing is easy, and nothing easy is worth doing, usually. I mean, I don't like speaking in absolutes, but I'm absolutely a genius, so listen to me. I'm just dazing right now, thinking about the fact that all the things I want to predict, all the things that I dream of having, dream of being, have never come to me in the way I expected or never come to me at all, but I know they will. And here's the part that plagues me. I don't know how they will. And I just have to submit to the idea that I won't know how. I just need to know the why. And the fact that it is. It's that kind of blind faith that's so difficult. But it's another thing that inherently humans are able to do. And we've been able to do it forever. Believe in something bigger without concrete evidence of it. And that's what I need to do. That's the only way I went like 11 episodes and then finally got one, and it's up to you to judge, but one that was worth listening to, or one for at least, I can speak for myself, worth doing. Because I kept on going, and I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it was every time you crank the key, it starts up like a charm and you drive away. But it's not. It's just not. And no amount of me wanting it to be that way will change it, unfortunately. Or fortunately, again, at the end of this game, maybe I get to figure out how it works. (laughs) Get ready for this part. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for, I'm going to give you credit, your group consciousness helping me be able to do this episode in a way that I actually can finish and say, okay, it's done. Now I get to text my wife, hey, Gene, I actually did one that's worth listening to. After my last text was all doom and gloom. That whole idea that happens in like, Substance abuse programs, all the 12-step programs where you have to hit rock bottom to really be able to come back. I always thought, that's terrible. Why can't you hit medium bottom? You know, upper bottom. Rock bottom, that's the worst kind of bottom. No one wants that bottom. That's the rough stuff. That's rocks. Why not medium? But you can't. Just how it is. I had to be out of options to have an option. Thank you. You're the best. Don't ever change. This is me signing your yearbook. Leave a message at the beep. I'm Jet Dunlap. Thanks for listening.